0: Welcome to Kingdom One Hundred and One Relationships, otherwise known as the Wednesday Night Bible Study for Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship. Yay! I am Pastor Lindsay Lee, and it is my honor to be here to um, to share with you from the Word and to us going to say set up the folks for next week when they have a really great discussion. So before we get started on what I'm going to share tonight, I want to say thank you to Crystal Kemp, to Jenny hollis and to uh, minister frederick johnson for hosting last week it's a bible study it's not actually a show i think a lot of people think because we do so many things online we're in show business but i'm not an actor i'm a real pastor i don't just play one on, online <laughs> um but i want to thank you all for helming this uh this time for treating it with the honor that the father that the, our king deserves for the conversation that you had, for the for the transparency that you all were willing to allow yourself to reach places. And uh, best of all, just for having a good time and fellowship in the word of God and, and in, including other people in on it. So thank you very much. And I'm uh, to those of you that are watching, you'll get that opportunity to see them and some of the other ministers from Astounding Love or uh, associates of More Than Enough Ministries they also will be coming along to be able to do some of the same. I'm gonna give you guys a hint on something that's happening. What we're looking at is because this is a Wednesday night Bible study, and there's a lot there are a lot of individuals in our house that are growing in 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 the things of god in in ways that it's just amazing to see. And so we're transitioning, in a sense, to give them that opportunity to use this Bible study time as that platform to share what the Spirit of the Lord is giving them on how to walk in in actual intentional kingdom living, which is what we're talking about. So look forward to something coming pretty soon. I believe it will either be called Kingdom Life Lessons or intentional kingdom living or something like that. It's the next phase of our Bible studies. Kingdom 101 is going to continue, and it's going to be in a different format. Uh, I'm going to probably stick more to the book that I wrote on that and take it to 102 and do some other things with it. But we're going to continue on in our Wednesday nights throughout the rest of this year talking about kingdom life, talking about being intentional in the life of the kingdom, And I have some notes that I've already shared. Uh, They are online that you are able to uh, download from the website or the the link. They've been there for a while. And I have another set of notes that you're able to get by request because I'm not putting them up on the site, but I'm willing to share them in this season. That's not going to last forever. That um, eventually will go away. But in the meantime, this is what we're doing. And so I want to just kind of give you those things just to things to look forward to there are other faces in our ministry besides mine and besides you know even the ones that you have seen and so some of them would like to come forward i think and to be able to at least share the bits that they have about how the word of god is changing their lives how the kingdom life in the kingdom and the more we yield to it the more that we allow ourselves to be conformed into the image of god's son the more interesting our lives become. Let's pray, and then we'll get into uh, talking about this. Uh, I'll kind of set you all up, and let's see where this conversation goes. Please feel free to post questions uh, that are uh, in alignment with what we talk about, and if I'm able to field those questions or answer those questions, then we will do so. You can always, if you have prayer requests or any of that type of stuff, just go on ahead and um, put that or go to our, our page on Facebook. You can go to Astounding Love and you're able to uh, contact us through Messenger. And just let us know, would you please pray for me or, you know, whatever it is, or ask your questions again. So those are the interesting uh, things. I think now I'm done. I can, I can stop saying all that stuff and um, let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you know precisely what it is that you want to release through me. You know, the plans, the purposes, you know, uh, you know, everything. And I am so grateful to you to be able to yield to you and to listen to you and to open my mouth and allow you to speak through me. I thank you for the men and women, the boys and girls that hear this at whatever season or day of their lives in which this particular broadcast comes. I thank you for breakthrough, for healing, for insights, for knowledge, for whatever it is that is necessary or needed in their lives, in any of our lives to propel us forward, to continue in this journey and to continue walking with you the way that you desire that we do. This oh-so-great kingdom life that we have, I'm so grateful to you to be a part of something that is bigger than me. I'm so grateful to you to receive your love today and to be honored. I'm honored to be one that you would choose to speak through. I thank you so much for this time and for those that are gathered together in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So um, what I want to look at, I've been talking for about a month or so now on Kingdom Life Lessons. And this is about being commissioned to fulfill the assignment that we've been called to. But along with the Kingdom Life Lessons uh, happens to be the, uh, the whole concept of this intentional kingdom living. I don't really talk a lot about anything else. I do talk about repentance because that's the changing of how you think. I do talk about the everything that I talk about is, has to do with the kingdom of God. We talk about kingdom relationships, uh, the absolutes of the relationship. Those are in some of the older notes that all kingdom relationships are rooted in the king. And that includes the relationship that you have with yourself and that every relationship that we have in the kingdom is patterned after Jesus. This is really important to be able to keep going back to it. You got to keep going back to the basics. You're going back to the to the bottom line because that's the foundation that we keep building upon and it is in every aspect of our lives. So even when we are we you know I'm doing really well here but I'm not doing so well here. Well, the same principles of the kingdom will work in every area of our lives. What we're talking about is ground that has not been cultivated. We're talking about areas that are still not surrendered. We still have an expectation for him to just change something, but maybe we're not on board with being willing to change ourselves. It's like, I'll change if God changes me. But if it's requiring me to make a decision about changing, some people don't want to act on that. And it's going to be very, very necessary that you do so because this is a partnership, because this is a a walk that is in, in relationship and nobody gets to be passive in a relationship. So God is supreme. He is the king. He is the Lord. He is he is all things in all things. He comes first, but he puts us first as well. We're not seconds. In this relationship with the Lord, we are first to Him. He sees us as the first. He sees us as, uh, uh, as those that are the the first that ever had blood paid for them. Jesus, the Bible says, was the first born of many brethren, but none of the brethren are seconds. Not in the kingdom. And you see the price that was paid for all of us, the equalizer, the blood of Jesus means that nobody comes second. There are no stepchildren. There are no um, in-laws, if you will. None of those things are, are so in, in the kingdom, not the way that we see things on earth. Because what you're looking at every time you, I, you or I or anyone else is dealing with an issue, typically... When we're feeling depressed, when we're feeling tired, when we feel overwhelmed, it's because we're trying to solve a, a, a spirit issue or address a spirit issue from a soulish place. You're trying to, to figure it out with your mind. Your will is involved. Your emotions are involved. And you're not making clear decisions. The reason for that is because you're you're looking from um, from a low place to deal with something that really belongs under your feet, you've got to deal with it from or address it from the, the spirit realm, the place where you reign, the place where you have authority in the earth because of what Jesus has done, because words that we use to say the things that we say. I'm going to quote uh, Prophet Andrew Gonzalez. He was my guest on Kingdom Conversations yesterday. And I love the expression that he used when he said the kingdom of God is voice activated. I'm going to use that over and over again. And I, I'm happy to, to say that's where the first person I really heard speak it that way. Voice activated. It's the words that we release. It's the not just any words, but the word of God coming forth from our mouths. These are absolutes in the kingdom that it it operates according to what God said. That principle is very, very clearly distinguished in uh, Matthew chapter four is one of the places where Jesus, when he was uh, being tempted of the devil, you can also see it in Luke. um, And he said it is written, Luke chapter four, man shall not live by bread alone. And this was something that didn't even come from that. You'll find that. in, in the commandments, that it was, it, I don't live by bread alone. And I'll even look it up for you because I, I was looking at that scripture again. I don't live by bread alone. I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's the full scripture. Uh, that's that's in this, the, the, that passage in its fullness because this is the way that he said it. And he wanted us to understand that the words that God speaks. Have more power than the thing- the natural things that feed your body, the natural things that that you um uh, that you or I deal with they're not as strong uh even though we we have to we have to live we have to function in our bodies, but we need to function in it the way that the father has said it, and I think then we're going to be able to to see something really important so let me go ahead and look this one up because I really like this version of it um Deuteronomy I think is what I want yep in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 it says that he was talking about how they had their experience verse 7 it, uh, verse 2 it says you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God led you through these 40 years in the wilderness now that's important in the wilderness to humble you to prove you to know what's in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. So that's letting you know what the wilderness is. And we see it again in in our other notes in Luke chapter four, when Jesus is in the wilderness and in the book of Matthew, when he went into the wilderness, the Bible says to be tempted of the devil, but look at what it says here in Deuteronomy. It says that you will remember that this is, you were there for 40 years. Now Jesus was there for 40 days, but in the wilderness You were to be humbled. It meant that you were going to learn how to submit to the one that was going to lead, who's going to be your leader. Uh, You're going to be proven, tested, but tried and proven to be of the real, the real gold is going to come forth out of you to know. You are to know in the wilderness what is in your heart. And you and I are to know in the wilderness what to keep and what to discard. He said, whether I will keep God's commandments or not. You find your places of disobedience in that wilderness time. You find out the places where you are resistant to the will of God for your life. You find out where you are so strong-minded that you have your own opinion and your own opinion, your definition of words, your definition of righteousness, your definition of obedience— You find out whether you are going to allow that to yield and to submit to the will of God or if you are going to continue on being your own uh, leader and being your own source of all things pertaining to your life. And if that is the case, you're going to fail Uh, Dismally, honestly, because you're not going to be able to withstand the attacks that come from the from the realm of darkness, from the from the soulless realm. You're not going to be able to overcome it because you've just succumbed to it. You've simply you've surrendered to it. If you've decided that your opinion, the way you see things. The way that you think things ought to be, that that is superior to what God has said, then you failed in the, in the in the season of wilderness. And you may have to, you know, go back around another time in, in order to do your do over and, and and finally get to the place where it's like, all right, now and this time we're going to overcome, uh, uh, you know. That could be the way people are on diets. That's the way people have been in financial plans, relationships of all kinds. Because that's your relationship with food, your relationship with finance, your relationship with other people. It's always the relationship. It's the connection. It's who wants to be the strong person. And if it's you wanting to be stronger than God, then, then you have an insecurity issue. And it's a flesh thing. And it's something that's going to have to be submitted in order to have kingdom victory, at least kingdom of God victory. But hear what he said in verse... Uh, Still in verse two, he wanted you to know what's in your heart, whether you're going to keep the commandments of God or not. And so you were humbled there. This is verse three. He said, and you were suffered to hunger. You fasted is what he was telling you. And then he fed you with manna. So you were fed with this thing. You didn't even know what this bread is. What is this? So what a great fast you're on. You got to eat something, you know. Um, The other fast you read about, they they didn't eat anything. But he said, but you didn't know what it was and your fathers didn't know what it was that he might make you know. God gave you a bread that you didn't even know how to make, that you didn't even really understand so that you would understand. He wanted you to know this. You don't live by this. You don't live by bread only, but you live by what I say. Every word, everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord, that's how you live. And Jesus gave those words back to the, uh, to the devil and he let him know, I don't live by what you say. I don't live by how I feel about things. I don't live based upon what I see with my natural eyes. I live by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. That's my resource. My source for all truth is what God has said. That's the activation of the kingdom in your life again. This is moving forward in the way that God wants things to be done, and it's not giving space or giving place within our lives for there to be be any other source for truth. And so this is what we're talking about when when I talk about kingdom absolutes, is that it is the association it is my connection it is my affiliation it is what i build my rapport with it is what who I, what words i am bonded with it is what liaison i have who i'm linked to and who i correlate to my correlation everything that describes me everything that that defines me everything that identifies me must come from the word of god must come from god's point of view must come from the kingdom perspective because when it doesn't, we get burned, we get in trouble, we get into messes, we get depressed, we get ugly in our attitudes, and you know, we get a lot of those things. So I'm going back kind of over these points of study again. And again, it says every relationship is patterned after Jesus. Thus, we are to submit to, to receive, and to be joyous in every relationship that we are given by God. Your relationship with finance, if you, when you start walking in prosperity, kingdom wealth, it's the relationship that you have with God that you have now also allowed to flow what you have through wealth, what you have through resources, what you have with supply that is going to turn the thing around and it keeps it coming Because you're going to see it from the perspective of the son, as opposed to as a beggar, as an orphan, as as somebody that's on the outside, as a a guest, an alien or something. You're going to see things from the relationship that you have with the father as a son. This is the way that Jesus, some call him Yeshua, but this is the way he worked. And walked. He walked in relationship with his father. He walked in the earth as a son. I like to quote Ma- uh, Matthew chapter 11 from the message co- uh, Bible, where Jesus told him it's a father-son operation. This is a father-son thing. So everything I do in the earth, I do as a son. I do what my father desires me to do, but I'm always checking in with him and the power that he had Jesus had was the power to decide That he would obey. But see, when he made the decision to obey, it was what we call a quality decision. It was unbreakable, unyielding. The quality of his decision to obey the Father was a lifelong thing. And when you look in Luke chapter four and you see the instructions that he must have been given in his season in the wilderness, when he is alone with the Holy Spirit, when he is learning to hear on the level that was required for him to walk the rest of his days in the earth without ever making a mistake, without ever missing it one time. Every single day of his life, he lived in a manner that pleased the father. And every night he went to bed with the father smiling over him. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, those words were said about him right at the baptism in the Jordan And it was later that God said, and I want you to pay attention to every word that my son says, you hear him because he speaks for me. But before that, and I, um, a couple of weeks ago i had apostle aj nunez on kingdom conversations and he talked about going from that baptism to that transformation to the transfiguration and what he was saying is he went from this is my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased to this is my beloved son in whom i'm pleased hear him and so there was this whole transition that went place it started that baptism that fulfilling of all righteousness being called out as the the, here behold the lamb of god that takes away the sins of the world going from that place into this wilderness place coming out of the wilderness being filled with he was filled with the spirit when he went in but he came out in the power he came out in the overflow he had authority and he had the miracle working power and he walked being full of the spirit who had instructed him who was occupying you think about that word full Luke chapter 4 what is it telling you there was not a place in Jesus there was not a crevice there was not a, a there was no place not in his bone structure not in his mindset everything about him was filled with the point of view of heaven he operated in the mind of the Christ the spirit of the Christ which occupied his mind which controlled if you will showed him how to see It showed him when the emotions wanted to come, how to see it from the father's point of view and how to respond, how to walk in power, how to walk in authority, how to speak to circumstances, how to speak to the waters, how to speak to the storms, how to speak to the spirit of death, how to speak to unclean spirits, how to conduct himself as a son of the kingdom of God. In other words, to walk in supernatural spiritual power and authority based upon, rooted in, the relationship that he had with his father and he is the pattern that we are to follow as he is so are we in this world 1 john 4:17 as he is now as he is spirit as he is the overcomer as he is the anointed one and his anointing as he is the obedient son that is who we are to be as well now that is why we refer to this as intentional kingdom living. You can't slip into the kingdom. You can't accidentally live in the kingdom. This is purposeful. This is intentional. This is decision-making. I've made some decisions that have me rooted in this. I am never coming out. I am never going to trade what I have in the kingdom of God for the things That they're offering in the world. You look at the temptations in Matthew and in Luke, you know, where he said, if you will serve me, if you'll do this, if you're the son of God, if your identity is, if you're so sure about your identity, then prove your identity to me. You don't have to do that. When you secure in who you are in Christ, there is no need to prove anything. My living, my breathing, my speaking, my everything is going to show and identify who I identify with. That's not that's that's not even going. That doesn't require me to prove anything. I don't have to prove my relationship to the father. He is the one that validates me. You notice he said, that's my son. That's my son. See, the father claims us. He claims us. If we call out, daddy God, father, Abba, whatever, holy one, he answers us. He does not ignore us. There's a lot of teaching that is very Old Testament in its in its understanding that you've got to walk as an orphan. You're supposed to walk outside of the covenant and you're supposed to try to prove yourself to, to God or to, you know, you, like you have to earn his love. This is not kingdom. That is old covenant. And when, once Yeshua, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the history of what Jesus did. And then you go into Acts, and it's the history of the church and how we started. But it lets you know that the power shift happened in the days uh, really when Jesus came out of the temple, out of the wilderness, and he walked into the temple and he read on that particular day. The scriptures that were ordained for that day according to the parasha. This was the day that this was supposed to be read. And he reads it and he says, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. There, Here's a principle I want you to understand. Whenever God has, whatever words God has released, there is a date. It's not an expiration date. It's an activation date in which this word, Must be fulfilled. It cannot just go on and on and on. There has to be a time in which the word is fulfilled. And so when he said it is fulfilled, and you remember you kept reading in the gospels that it might be fulfilled, that it might be fulfilled, that it might be fulfilled. This is what lets you know there is action happening from the kingdom because God is about fulfilling his word. He told Jeremiah, I Hasten over my word to bring it to pass. I don't just say stuff to say it. God doesn't say anything without the intention of it being seen. The truth of what he said. That's what manifestation means. The truth of what he said is seen in the earth. Wherever he sent his word. This is Psalm 107 verse 20, I believe. He sent his word to heal and to deliver. Deliver us out of destruction, deliver us from sickness or disease or whatever. He sent his word because his word is his name. His word is himself. He is the fulfillment. He sent his word through Jesus. Jesus is the living voice, the living word of God, the word of God, the incarnate one, the word made flesh. And so you see, God does not have an agenda of half-baked promises there are no half-baked promises in the father not a single one he says everything that he means it is intentional intentional means i did there are here's a word if it's really a word that is not in god's vocabulary oops he never says that oops i don't know how y'all got here oops, I didn't mean to make you, oops, I'm sorry. I don't even know why. I mean, I I had no plans for your life. That is nowhere in his vocabulary. And he's not trying to figure out what to do with you. (laughs) He is not looking at your lives, no matter how you feel going, I don't know what to do with these children. I really don't know. No, that's not happening. I used to think because I was such a tragedy going someplace to be expressed. That my angels had to be a little like overwhelmed. Like the other angels were looking at, at the angels in charge of me and just shaking their heads like, man, dude, this is so bad for you. Wow, you 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 got a winner right there. That actually the, the spirit of the Lord brought correction to my understanding because I was kind of joking when I said it. But the but the father said, No, they never see you that way. They never see you that way. They never see you as one to give up on. They fight valiantly to bring you to victory. They don't quit on you. You know, they may stand there like, I don't have anything to do because you're not saying anything. But as soon as you say something, they're like, prime, come on, what can I do to help promote you, get you to say the words, voice activation. Kingdom is now in process. Kingdom is happening now. You know, a lot of times when I remember to share the broadcast, I typically just type it or, you know, click on the link. And then just write happening now. In fact, my phone is trained. If I start typing H-A-P, it absolutely populates with happening now. And it doesn't give me the exclamation point yet, but I'm able to send it out pretty quick because I have said it so often. It's conditioned to do that. Our angels, the word of God. The will of heaven is so primed that they know the season in which these words will finally be released and everything is already in place. There's no scrambling at the last minute to try to figure out how are we going to do this? We weren't expecting this. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? They actually got the right answer. I don't even know what to do. No, no, it's not like that. It's never seen that way. It's the will of God being made known. In heaven has every expectation for the will of God to be seen in the earth. Because otherwise he never would have had the principle of the kingdom in earth as it is in heaven. So those are the things that uh, we are, we're talking about here. So if the relationship is not rooted in the king, it is not kingdom. And this includes your relationship with yourself. And so I see, I've got Hi, Alicia, yeah, my dear. It's so good to see you, and Geneva. Uh, it's good to see you too. So yeah, it's so, you know, um I'm gonna have to be my own producer tonight. So sometimes I'm good at that, and and sometimes I'm really good at that, and sometimes I have to remind my mouse to work. And I don't want to hit too many things because I don't want to. Uh, uh, accidentally clicked myself out of the studio. So, But she said, this teaching is exponential brilliance at work. I agree with that because we're hearing the light coming forth from the spirit of the living God. And he is letting us know that this is exactly the kind of thing that he has in mind, you know, that he wants to speak and that he has in store for us. And then I see also um, Minister Frederick put down Psalm 10720, right? He sent his word to heal Uh, And and it healed us. And then Jenny is saying that we're adorned with the ring and the robe, validating our authority from our father. Visual acknowledgement through relationships before we open our mouths as kingdom citizenship is spiritual before temporal. I like that. So before, and maybe you guys can talk about that uh, next week, you know, uh, talk about some of these things and these principles because you're my son is what the Lord said before you do anything. You don't have to do anything to earn sonship. What you did was receive the, the, the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. Well, receiving the sacrifice of the son made you a son because it was not something where I think we used to think religiously. It's just a whole bunch of people coming in, you know, to the kingdom, all individuals still staying exactly the same way they were. We didn't understand the, the principle of unity. And oneness that it is the same son. This is why Jesus said the Father will love you like he loves me, because we are one. Uh, Apostle Robin Beach he teaches this a lot, and it's just such a powerful statement that Jesus did not come. And Jenny, if you remember the exact quote and I don't get it, just go ahead and, and post it. But he came, he did not come to show us, okay. He did not come to uh just to win us over, but he came he came the best way i can say this as us is what this is we are the 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 restored restored family the son of god we are and jesus showed us how we are as he is so are we so he came as us as that living a uh, breathing son of god in the earth suit the earth suit the skin that you live in. Don't get too caught up in what color it is. Don't get too caught up in how it looks. Don't get too caught up in all of that kind of stuff. Because you, you know what? Here's the interesting thing. It's not you. It's what you. It's where you live. You're not your house. Your house is where you live. But you're not your house. You're you. You are spirit before your body. You have a body, but you are spirit. And I, I want to go into that a little bit later. Uh, but uh, maybe not today. But there's some real big breakthroughs that start to happen as you live from true identity and not from ideas that have been cast about by many different people. Sometimes I'm a son, sometimes I'm an orphan. That's not possible. It is not possible. Yes. He died as us. It's not possible to be a stepchild of God. It's not possible to be Sometimes a part of him and sometimes not. But what is possible is to hold on to things that cause you to live a separated life from him, which is not his intention. And he wants us to live intentionally. He's, this is why we have the power to choose. And I see a lot of people making choices that are, I mean, you know, it's like, wow, what you're not thinking kingdom. You're thinking performance. Performance-oriented oriented people are not uh, living according to the kingdom, because the kingdom is not the performance can never be topped. You see, the performance that was necessary to bring us forth was for the blood of Jesus to be shed, for Himself to be resurrected. And for that blood to be poured on the mercy seat. What I'm telling you is Jesus didn't come to die. He came to rise up. He came to release, to manifest resurrection power. Because if he stayed dead, we wouldn't be here. You see, it wasn't enough to die. You got to get up. (laughs) That was what it was about. You've got to get up, raised up differently from the way you went down he died as it to flesh completely but when he was raised up as this living fiery amazing spirit of God uh, he'd already done the work in the earth and he said while you live in this tent this is the level that you live at and when you come out of it um, wow you're you're, you're unstoppable anyway it's not just a great song that you hear on the internet when people were showing this and that and they singing I'm unstoppable no 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 no, no, God is unstoppable. And the greater one in you, the one that is greater than he that is in the world, he cannot be stopped, he cannot be halted. You cannot get caught up on evil. You overcome evil with good. We don't walk according to the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We have now crossed over into he who is the tree of life and we eat from His table. You eat from the king's table. You see, I want to put it to you this way. Yes, there is evil in the earth, but the goodness of God causes evil to have to bow. And what I'm going to tell you is when you come from the place of the goodness of God, you cannot be you, you you cannot be overcome by evil. This is what the scripture says, don't be overcome by evil. You overcome evil. You stomp on it. You put it under your feet with good. But good is not being a good child. I'm gonna be, I'll be good now. I'll be good. No. That's not what it is. In fact, we'll we'll look at that in a moment, but what he's saying is with the essence of the character the grace of God, the wonders of his mightiness, the power of his blood, the eternity, the eternal quality of what he has said. Every good thing comes from him. Otherwise, nothing else. So you're always defeating and overcoming everything with what God has supplied. It's never based upon us. That's why performance doesn't work. The works that Christ performed are what have brought about change in us. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this is how we um, we have. <laughs> thank you, Lily. I love you too, sweetie. <laughs> it's funny. Um, drive safely. Um, this is the stuff that we operate from. We always, always, always live from every word that has come forth from the mouth of God. And how do you do that? By saying what he says and only what he says about the circumstances. You may feel and you feel and you feel and what you feel is not up to par. It's down below, it's underneath, lower than the snake's belly. I remember that expression and all kinds of stuff. That may be how you feel, but it's not your position. And it's not your identity. You have to stop aligning with your circumstances. We have to stop identifying ourselves according to our current financial situation, physical situation, and so forth. People go around telling you all day they're sick. I'm broke. I'm sick. I'm this. I'm that. And the other. And it's like, but God doesn't say that. So why do you? Why do you use the power of words to resurrect or to give some kind of form of life to things that you were meant to walk on you know it's 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 something that it's a training of the earth but you are not of the earth anymore in that same manner you're of the kingdom and so this kingdom life that we do is absolutely intentional It is on purpose that I don't say what everybody else says. It's on purpose. It's intentional that I speak things that cause people to look at me like I done gone (laughs) cray-cray. It's it's intentional. You meant, I meant to say that. I don't say oops either because it's like I am walking in the supernatural reality of heaven on earth. And this is what what it is that we have to look at. So the question is, how can you or anyone else know the difference between performance and Christ doing it through me? It's very easy. Who got the credit? Who made you feel better? You felt good because you accomplished something. I mean, we've done things and we've performed. But do you take the bow? I mean, do you thank you, everyone? Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes. No, it was. Oh, yes. False modesty. And all those different things. And another way that I would look at that minister is I would ask myself, do I need the applause of men? Do I need the recognition? Do I need the attaboy, high five, fist bump, and all that other kind of stuff? And I do high fives and fist bumps and all those things. That's not what I'm talking about. I asked you, do you need it? Do you need to be validated by others? Do you need... um somebody to recognize what you did. I say thank you to people for things like the frame of this program. Um, thanks for your help in this. And thanks for that. And I, I have been uh, on occasion left out a name, a person that I know that I know very well was a part of it. And in my spiel of thinking that individual got overlooked. And I remember a friend of mine that I used to do that with her a lot. And she was so fun because I would go, who did I leave out? Just knowing, she'd go, me, Christina. You left out Christina. And um, I missed you so much, friend. But um, I would bring her and say, yes, Chrissy, definitely. Because she was such a part of me. Sometimes I didn't think to. I mean, because she, it was like, for me, it was automatic. You're already in the group. Everybody else is too, but you're so in it. That sometimes I don't, it's like I don't thank myself either because I'm in it. And so those that are closest to me in, were closest to me in certain scenarios. Sometimes I didn't mention their names. It wasn't because they were left out, it was because it's like, you know, you're already in. I already told you thank you. I might not have acknowledged you publicly, but you know the thanks is there, you see. And so If they needed that recognition or they thought she must not like me today, I must have done something wrong. I don't know how I'm going to be able to make this up to somebody. You're performance oriented. You're wanting God to, you know, you feel I've got to do this in order for God to like me. I've got to do this in order for God to accept me. It's like, I can't ask God for finances because I screwed up. And since I messed up so badly, I know I don't deserve him to do anything. Therefore, I'm not even going to trouble him. Well, Isaiah chapter 7 talks about that. When King Ahaz was told specifically, why don't you ask God for something impossible? And he said, oh, I'd never bother God with things like that. Well, that's a religious spirit right there trying to work with you to bring separation so that you don't ever expect that God will, not, will do anything. And the scripture does talk about those things that he, with the double mind, don't let that person think that he's going to receive anything from God. So what is he telling you? He's telling you, stop being double-minded. Just get single-minded and become who you really are, the one that expects. He isn't telling you God will exclude you because you're double-minded. He's saying your own mouth is gonna keep speaking things that are gonna keep pushing away the things that God has for you. You won't receive from him. Because you refuse to receive from him. Because you set yourself up not to receive from him. Because you got it in your mind, to don't expect to receive from him. And so you're not surprised when it doesn't happen, but you darn were hoping, well, I was hoping that he would bypass all this and maybe do something for me anyway. That's the spirit of an orphan. You're a son of God. You're not waiting at the adoption center, hoping that he picks you. You're not a puppy at the pound, you know? And uh, so these are some of the things that we kind of have to look at and we have to, you know, we have to see it when it's Christ doing these things through you. There's nothing but reverence for him. There is no sense that that you had anything to do with it. You're like wowed and awed and grateful, but not grateful like a desperate one, but more like, Wow. I'm wrapped up in his arms and look at how he cares for me. And I just want to brag on him because he really, really cares for me. I am loved by him. You know, performance, you're still looking for love. You're looking for applause. You're looking for attention. But when Christ has done it through you, you simply feel satisfied. You feel like, wow, I'm almost overwhelmed by his goodness and you know you had nothing to do with it. Does that answer the question, Minister Frederick? Um, and are there any others? I see that I've just been talking. <laughs> and I pray that you all have something that you can do with some of this. I think I probably need to make one more point. I'm going to try to stop right within the hour. So uh, if you have other questions, please go ahead and and uh, post those. And I'm especially talking to you, Geneva, and you, Minister Frederick, and whichever others might be uh, around or um, it might be too late if y'all watch this on the go round, but still post your questions because I'll come back through and I do answer things and respond because I want you all to be able to incorporate what we're talking about into how you live your life. We can't talk about the kingdom like it's a far, far away thing because it dwells within us and how much of my life am I reigning from that place? Um, all kingdom relationships point four from the absolute the kingdom relationship absolutes or points of study, it says that all kingdom relationships are conformed to the image of Christ. Then you think about him in the wilderness and you think about Christ and the way that that the spirit of the Christ, which is the mind of Christ, works it only operates according to what the Father says it only conforms. It only creates pictures of the impossible being possible. The mind of Christ only gets heaven's perspective. It doesn't operate in as an earth mind. It operates from the spirit. It has, it's the, the, it's the different spirit, like you read in numbers and it talked about how Joshua and Caleb were of a different spirit from the other 10 spies. And when they went in and said, we're not going to be able to do this because we're grasshoppers in our sight and also in theirs. But the scripture says that because Caleb and Joshua of a different spirit, they had what it took. To be able to go into the promised land. See, they were already predisposed to believe that God knew what he was doing. Predisposed to believe in the superiority of the mind of the creator over the mind of the created. And this is the same thing for us. Is to believe that his mind is greater. I I was watching um, an infomercial of sorts and they were talking about mind over matter and mind control, and, and and being able to think according to different frequencies, and and stuff like that. They had a pretty, and I'm not going to name the names, and some of you might be familiar with it. It's been around a lot, a long time. And I mean, they're talking about the alpha waves, and the this, you know, the theta, and the beta, and the theta, and you've got to look at these different waves, and you've got to be able to to basically catch the wave and to think about impossible things. And they're talking about tapping into. Um, the different frequencies and atmospheres that are available in the earth however they're talking about it from the natural standpoint they're talking about mind control and they're talking about the natural mind tapping in to the supernatural to be able to do supernatural things well that is a counterfeit of what the Lord says. Because you see, we come from the seated place as spirit. We don't live as um, soul. We, we we train our soul by our spirit. And the difference is we are born from above spirits. We are newborn spirit or newly reborn spirits. So we are able to hear from the highest frequency everything that people are talking about when they try to talk about tapping into atmospheric this and quantum this but they're talking about it from the soulish level from a low level it's always going to involve your flesh it's always going to involve your mind but what it does not and cannot do it cannot come from your spirit because your spirit has to be born from above. And it has to be, uh, if you will, let me use an expression, vibing with the frequency of heaven. You cannot attain the frequency of heaven from a natural perspective. Jesus talks about that in John 3. He said talks about the wind blowing. And he says, unless a man be born of the spirit, you're not going to be able to see the kingdom. You're not going to be able. You'll be able to see a lot of things. You can see in the supernatural realm. But you won't be able to see the kingdom because you have to be born from above to see the kingdom, okay says so, so I got this one it answers something you needed to hear, but when you asked the question, it was about performance in completing things, being obedient, not looking for applause, but doing God's will. That's coming from submission, yieldedness, and obedience. And those things are never performance. Obedience is not performance. Obedience is yielding and submitting. Luke chapter 1, behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me, according to uh your 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 words. Uh I'll even give you one. I'll throw out the Prince's Bride, if anybody ever remembers that movie in Wesley, as you will, as you wish. But it's not as you wish. It's is as as so so the king says. Esther said the same type of thing. It's a submission to the king. So performance is always based upon what you think doing it the way you think that you have to do it. But submission and obedi- obedience, obedience is, is rooted in submission. And then it's not you doing it because Yeshua said the father in me, he's the one that does the works. So um, I hope that improves upon what you're asking. And I got one more question. This says, how do I expect from God when I messed up in relationships and finances? Because I have an advocate in Christ Jesus. The blood of uh, the blood of Jesus was not covering all my sins that led up to my salvation. And then everything after that, I'm on my own. Dang, you done still messed up. Still have grace. Still have mercy. You humble yourself and go, yep, I messed up. Sometimes he sends people to mentor you, but it's still mentoring is great, but not if you haven't made the decision. Mentoring is fabulous when you've got somebody that you can walk with and you can watch how, watch how I do it. This is what discipleship is also, also about. But it's always to point back to the father. And so if you've messed up in relationships and finances, you've got your own opinions about how things should be doing, how, how you should handle your finances, how you should handle your relationships. Um, we talked about this a little bit. Leslie uh, uh, and Gene- Geneva are both um, with me. Monday's on Divinely Designed. And I talked about some things that I said they were a little uncomfortable for me. But one of the things that I've learned is about the fact that, well, see, I've I've had my own perspective. I've had my own opinion about me and relationships with men. I've had my own opinion about me and my relationship with finances. And and man, I just wrecked them uh, over and over again. I mean, uh, unreliable is the way I would term myself. But that would be me asking God, how do I see me and based on how I see me, not how he sees me? Based on how I saw myself, that would speak to my continual failure because you don't expect God to rescue you. You expect if you've messed up in finances, if you've messed up in relationships, somehow you're going to have to fix it. And as soon as you think that way, you're thinking too low. It doesn't have anything to do with spirit. It doesn't have anything to do with the kingdom because there's nowhere in the kingdom where it says when you mess up, you fix it. You clean this mess up. It doesn't work that way. He does it. And he takes us and he tutors us. And we spend that time in fellowship with him. It's like, here's what I think about men and myself. Here's what I think about relationships. Here's all the stuff from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's a lot of evil, more evil on that tree than good, as far as I'm concerned. And I need to come and talk to you about this. Because as long as I think this way, I'm going to keep getting the same results. I'm going to keep feeding on the same things. And I'm going to keep getting the same things. And it's time for me to stop that. And so I'm going to submit my mind. I'm going to take on yours. I'm going to listen for the mentors that you have for me. I'm going to write things down. But more than that, I've made the decision, because this is where repentance comes in, not only to change my mind and how I think about it, and I can only change it by taking the superior mind. This is like what we were saying about frequencies. Frequencies. I've operated too low. I'm going to have to align with the way heaven wants it done. There's a picture of my finances. I don't see it. I might have a desperate wish for it. I might have a desperate desire for a relationship and all this other stuff. Well, desperation smells very bad in the spirit. And it means that you're operating from a flesh level. Are you with me so far? You're operating from a flesh level and you're going to have to step, give that up and you're going to have to walk from the realm of the spirit where he has the plan and the picture that you need to see. We don't even know. I've started getting glimpses. You know, you have do you even have the revelation of you being wealthy? Do you have the revelation of you being healthy? Do you have the revelation of what your relationship, your marital relationship, your parental relationships, your friend relationships, your personal relationship with yourself, do you even know what it looks like? And the answer most of the time is no. I might have, I have a dream, you know, I got dreams about it, but I, have, I don't have God's picture. You see, it really exists and in order for me to see really what it is that he has in store i'm going to have to look through his lens and then i'll see what he sees what he's always seen what he has spoken and i will live by every word that proceeds from his mouth about me see we got our own dreams i'm going to going to i like that Jenny beginning to glimpse okay i i I think we we go, well, okay, I'm going to use my imagination. I don't have enough time tonight. I could take the time, but I'm probably choosing not to. Um, but I have seen things in my lo- about my life that I never saw before. I've begun to see how it looks to God. And the Bible talks about how his kindness leads us to a change of heart. His kindness leads us to repentance. And the more that I see what he has well, the greater my desire is. This is exactly what I want. My God, I didn't even know it was possible because most of the time we dream too low. Even when we think we dream big, we still dream low. But he's like, I want to show you the more excellent way. I'm going to show you what it looks like through the eyes of love. i want to show you what it looks like from my heart to yours. I want to show you what I want to accomplish through you. And we look at those things and do we think, wow, I, I would, I would really, really like to be a part of this. Well, It's to you, it's been given to know. To you, it's been given to have that fellowship with him. You know, being in a relationship, I just want to be with me and God. Well, you can't because you have cars or you have houses or you have clothing or you have uh, hair on your head or someplace. You got this, you got that. You got relationships with all these things. You got your body that you live in. How are you treating it? How much sleep does it get? How much exercise does it get? How much nourishment does it get? How many nice things do you say about it? How many things have gone in the ears? And Jenny, I know you could quote this one from... Look on the quantum from Annette Caps. But how many things does your body hear you say about it that speak toward its breakdown instead of its buildup? How many times have you cursed your hair or you're this or you're this or you're this and your body is hearing it and saying, well, I'm going to do my best to conform to the way you really see me. You and I, we have to change how we see ourselves to see what God sees so that we will then manifest the truth of who we are. That's the truth in relationships. You still think about yourself from the 1900s of whatever, you know, or the early 2000s still stuck because of what this one did to you and what that one did to you. And oh, it was a terrible life. My life was awful. And you're still living there. And so you can't figure out why nothing's going to progress. And you keep saying, well, it's just going to be me and Jesus. It's going to be me and Jesus. He, if he wanted it to be just you and him, you wouldn't be on the earth. You'd be there. It's like, come on. You live there now. But while you're here, he's got some stuff he wants to do through you. And sometimes there are people that he's like, I need you connected because otherwise you, you're the one I've given the vision to. I've given them the finances or I've given them the, the technical know-how. Or I've given, But without the other part of the vision, this thing is never going to take place through you for you to complete your assignment. Oh, I'm going to get the job done. But there are things that he wanted to do that have your special touch, your point of view, your perspective on it. And then the partnerships that he brings together. He brings us together. Why? Because we're one. This is why. So it has to be intentional or else it won't be kingdom. It has to be a deliberate messing up of the status quo and my acceptance of things in the earth as being the only way I can only grow financially wealthy by doing this. I can only do it this way. I can only, there's going to have to be an intentional decision made, a, a quality decision that says, I'm going to conform to the image of Christ and I'm no longer going to be conformed to the ways of this world. That's what it's it, it, it's it's going to take a push, a leap, a jump, a voice activation, and then a follow through. The commitment comes from him, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not you, the hope of glory. So that takes all the pressure off, you know. Final questions. Um, I never, you know. <laughs> anything else and i'm loving what you all are are saying and doing but i want so i will pose my question to you how are you going to use this carlita when you see this what are you going to do with this i've I've talked i had a bible study this afternoon with some um, folks and it was like here's your assignment for the next week what are you going how are you going to yield to him and and it was really simple why don't you just ask him how do i see me Because it's going to explain all the problems you got. (laughs) It just really starts like. Well no wonder everything has been so sucky. (laughs) Because this is. This is what I've been looking at. I've been trying to leap up off the ground. To get to the the things I aspire to. Heavenly. But I have this really stinking thinking going on. That has anchored me. To the life that I don't want. And unless you show me. What I what you want me to see, you know, about myself, I won't. I, I'll end it with this. When I started talking about the Kingdom Life lessons, which is its other notes, and going into the wilderness, that 40 day season. It might be it's a 40 day season. Um, one of the things I understood is that this is about a divine reset. It takes God to put me on course with the body, it, it, it's me coming into alignment with the big picture with, with, and it's every single one of us doing that. And, and, and that's the part that's individual. And yet it's unity. It's me manifesting as I was put here to, which adds to someone or a whole lot of uh, someone else's because I'm only going to release what he wants to say through me i'm saying what my father says well as soon as i start saying what my father says and and you hear what the father says and it triggers you to say the same thing and you're saying what the father says but it triggers those that are in your circle of influence to to listen to you we are all conforming to one body it's not individual This is part of the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace that you find in Ephesians 4. And so what I learned was that while I have God called me to one of the things I do is I'm a writer. Well, I haven't been writing because I was thinking from a very religious, false, modest place but I got challenged. Why don't you write a book that becomes a number one bestseller? Well, why would I want to do that? I'm not trying to be prideful. I'm not trying to do that. And the spirit of the Lord said, and I believe I've shared this with you guys. I'm number one in everything. So how is it going to be that you're going to work for me or let me flow through you? And yet you don't want me to be number one. It isn't about being first in front of everybody else. Being number one bestseller is not not about being the top of the one and everybody else is second. It's being number one in my lane. I'm the only one running in this lane, and yet I'm not going to cross the finish line and be number one. It's about cultivating his excellent spirit because that's part of what Dunamis is about, is about being excellent. I'll, I'll look this up, you know, excellent of soul. Excellent of spirit, excellent of person, excellent of life. It's about the kingdom standard for your life. That's what being number one is about. Living the standard of the kingdom. It is never about treating, belittling other people. It's never even seeing anybody else's second class. A first class citizen, which is a son of God, sees everyone else as someone that the father loves. But if you don't want to be number one in your call, <laughs> You're running your own race. You're the only one running it. And you don't want to be number one. Then you don't want excellence. You want mediocrity. And you will cultivate mediocrity. Oh, I know I started something. But you'll cultivate mediocrity when you were called to activate excellence and manifest it. So those are the statements that um, I believe uh, give us much to talk about, okay, in another week or so. What are you gonna do with that? What are you supposed to be number one in, in your own calling, in your own race? Again, it's not a competition and it's not performance. It's submission to God and it's allowing the spirit of the Lord to work in you all things that pertain to life and godliness, everything that dwells the word to dwell in us richly, to be transformed, not no longer conformed to this world, Being transformed by the renewing of our minds to be submitted to Him. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and He will flee. Stop speaking the things that the devil keeps saying if you're hearing me properly. Um, It's Wednesday night. We do receive the tithes and offerings and all that. I'm switching over because if I don't do it now, I'm going to go, I can talk for another hour because I just saw something just open. And I'm looking forward to being able to have further discussions. But this is still Kingdom 101. This is very much, this is the rudimentary principles of the kingdom that are being taught tonight. These are the things that the Father wants us to know so that he can be seen in us and through us. So I think that's pretty much all I have to say. Um It's not I, mean, I got lots more <laughs> I got lots more, but that's all I go to say. So do I have any final questions going one, two, three, four, five. I pray that this really blessed everybody tonight. I do see a question in here. okay, uh, thank you, Jenny, and thank you, Minister Frederick, for putting that up there. So um, tell a friend about this, share the broadcast even after the fact, um, go ahead and share it and let others know that, um, well, it's Wednesday Night Bible Study at Astounding Love Global Church Fellowship. And, <laughs> and uh, this has been the message. I had a wonderful time on my vacation. I'm glad to be back. Um, I've been changed and I, I expect to manifest that. It's a change of mind, change of heart, change of life. Yeah. We're gonna walk in excellence, peeps. This is what we were called to. This is the standard of life. Kingdom life is the life of excellence. An excellent spirit, an excellent way to think, a different point of view, a different way to see yourself and others. No longer being subject to the past, no longer living on the outside as an orphan, allowing yourself to be healed, allowing yourself to, to recognize where you're broken and letting him get rid of all of the rotted parts and putting you back where you need to be. I love you so, so much. And I'm very, very glad that uh, you all showed up tonight to spend this time with me, with us, with each other. Yes, Leslie, excellent, an excellent life. Can you imagine? Oh my God, I want to share all this with you guys. Can you imagine your life as a life of excellence? Can you imagine? God can. So it's time you did. The world thinks of it as being too perfect, too impossible. God thinks of it as in the beginning, God created. Jesus saw it as From the beginning, it was not so, and I came to bring about the correction, to get rid of the corruption, and to bring you forth the way you were really meant to be. Next time or time after, I'll answer a question. I got an answer from the Lord. What would my life be like if? And he's answered that question. I asked it on Monday, and he answered the question. But you guys get this part first. And then we'll be able to, because the revelation that you get will be what we build upon that will open this up and blast you out of every bit of mediocrity. And I dare to say that if we take this journey together and we do this thing the way he wants to do it, You will be looking at your life. This is the month of July. You'll be looking. They talk about Christmas in July. Well, Christmas at Christmas. You'll be looking back at your life, going, "How he do that?" Because you will be so dramatically changed, transformed that it will absolutely be jaw dropping to people who think they know you. It is possible to be what God said. It's possible. to to begin to manifest it in this calendar year. I dare to tell you that as some of my friends would say, if you don't believe me, hide and watch because I intend to be one of the poster children for the excellence of the kingdom of God. And you are all supposed to be the same. Remember, number one in your frame, (laughs) according to God who only has number one sons that's who we are so I love you oh so much I thank you for joining us um my name is pastor well my name is not pastor my name is Lindsay Lee I am the pastor I never even put my name up <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am the pastor of Miss love, a love of global church fellowship which is uh, where are we we are in um uh, Manteca California and it has been uh honest and true, my honor. I'll even put my name up there. It's been my honor to be able to be a part of this with you all tonight. I want to say thank you to everyone for joining us. We will, or the ministers will. I don't know if I will be with them next week or if they're just going to have this really amazing conversation of application. Uh This is kingdom life application. But uh whatever it happens to be, I will be back and um, we will see you soon. I'll see some of y'all on Sunday, some of you on Monday, some of you on Tuesday, some of you on a Wednesday or what have you. But I do really, really do love you astoundingly. And I love you too, Leslie Joy. I love all of you so much. So there's a kiss and there's another kiss in a wave. And we say uh, good night. I love you astoundingly. And we'll see you next time. Okay, bye. (laughs)